Light from the Land of the Sphinx. H. Forbes Witherby. Published 1896 by Elliot Stock. Preface. This volume was originally intended to offer the Bible student, who may not have the opportunity of referring to expensive works on modern discoveries in Egypt, references from such works, together with illustrations from the monuments, which would assist in following the writings of Moses, but the materials accumulated with the work, and it was found to be impossible not to enlarge the scope of the book. The reader who loves the writings of Moses will find in the notes contained in this volume important and reliable information, which has been obtained from works of the greatest value and in the illustrations from the monuments he will have before him authorities which cannot be disputed. The index should be consulted before the book is read, for it outlines a variety of subjects which must ever fire the mind of the Bible student with enthusiasm and fill it with suggestions. It directs attention to the works of learned authorities, upon whose profound researches the arrangement of facts found in this volume are built up. Taking the Bible narrative of Israel's exodus from Egypt to their establishment before Jehovah at Horeb, as it stands, which is the only honest way for the first reading of any book, a plain though marvelous tale unfolds itself. By the aid of such side lights as the ancient monuments and writings of Egypt afford, much of that which appears to be mysterious shapes itself into the everyday life of the past. And the movements of the divine hand in relation to that life are made clearly visible. The structure of the story forbids the removal of any one of its parts. To eliminate portions here and there, is to criticize the masterpiece of the sculptor by lopping off its limbs or mutilating its face. The energetic hand of the writer delineates that which he actually saw, and describes that which he himself and the men around him felt. The eyewitness is continually present in the story, none but he could describe the manner of Pharaoh in his might and pride, or the route taken by Israel from Egypt to Horeb. That the writer was a man of the day of which he writes is shown by his words, for he occasionally uses Egyptian words, which formed Israel's only means of conveying ideas that pertained to Egypt. Before they became a nation. Again, none but a worker from nature could with a few rapid touches portray scenes and characters as does Moses. The work is living and energetic, painted on the spot, done from life, yet the scheme of the whole story, its grandeur and its simplicity, its unveiling of man and its revealing of God its moral teachings and its eternal principles, its painting of the past and its picturing of the future, is to be attributed to a greater than Moses, it is the production of the divine mind, for its author is God. The present writer has selected certain portions from the inspired records, and has woven around them some of the more general facts which science has given over to the general reader, and he has also introduced, here and there, broad principles which are afforded by the scriptures, and particularly those of the New Testament. Contents. Preface. Chapter 1 Ancient Pictures and Books. Chapter 2 Ancient Egyptian Buildings. Chapter 3 Dwellers in Tents. Chapter 4 Everyday Life in Egypt 4,000 Years Ago. Chapter 5 Pharaoh Ramesses, Israel's Oppressor. Chapter 6 The Deliverer and His Flight. Chapter 7 What Moses Learned in the Land of Midian. Chapter 8 Moses Returned to Egypt. Chapter 9 Divine Power and Serpent Power. Chapter 10 The First Three Plagues of Egypt. Chapter 11, The Second Three Plagues of Egypt. Chapter 12, The Third Three Plagues of Egypt. Chapter 13, Egyptian Belief as to the Future State. Chapter 14, The Death of the Firstborn and the Passover. Chapter 15, Liberty. Chapter 16, Egypt's Army Overthrown. Chapter 17, Israel's Song of Salvation. Chapter 18, Divine Truths Corrupted in Egypt's Religion. Chapter 19, The Wilderness Entered. Chapter 20, The Manna and the Sabbath. Chapter 21, The Rock, The Victory, The Rest. Chapter 22, The Mountains and Valleys of Horeb. Chapter 23, The Law of God Given. Chapter 24, The Covenant Made.
Chapter 25, The Covenant Broken. Chapter 26, The Mediator and the Glory of God. Chapter 27, Figurative Representations of Heavenly Things. Chapter 28, Figurative Representations of Heavenly Things. Chapter 29, Gifts, Arts, and Trades for the Sanctuary. Chapter 30, The Habitation of Jehovah in Israel. Chapter 31, Access to God, the Court of the Tabernacle. Chapter 32, Access to God, the Holy Place. Chapter 33, Access to God, the Holy of Holies. Chapter 34, The High Priest and the Priests of Jehovah. Chapter 35, Prophetic Incidents in the Story of the Priesthood. Chapter 36, Offerings and Sacrifices in Israel. Chapter 37, Offerings and Sacrifices in Israel. Chapter 38, The Divine Stamp upon the Course of Time. In chapters 1 to 6 a general idea of Egypt in the time of Israel's captivity is sketched. In chapters 7 and 8 a brief glance is taken of the way by which Moses became fitted to effect the deliverance of Israel as he had been appointed for it by God. Chapters 9 to 18 are occupied with the powers of Egypt in holding Israel captive, and the power of Jehovah in giving the people their liberty. In order that we may not miss the point of the instruction, we must remember that the world today is very similar to the world in the era of Moses, for, broadly speaking, society, education, arts, war, religion, are lived over and over again as the world progresses. And, further, we have to bear in mind that the divine principles of righteousness, and human faith in God, and obedience to his word, are the same today as they were at the first. The world develops, and God has now fully revealed himself to man. Nevertheless, in our century, the story of Israel's captivity in, and deliverance from, Egypt, reflects, as in a mirror, the world of our own day and the men of our own times, but, above all, an unchangeable God. Chapters 19-21 deal with Israel's pilgrimage from Egypt to Horeb, the episodes of which, while presenting a picture of the past, offer instruction to the pilgrims of God of every era, and at the same time, by the prophetic spirit, portray the future. Chapters 22-26 are occupied with the terrors of Sinai and the giving of the law, the majesty of the mediator, and the wonderful ways of God in response to his mediation. From chapter 27-37 to 37 the subject is that of God dwelling amongst men, and his principles concerning man's access to himself. From Egypt's idols and temples to the presence of Jehovah amongst men is indeed a pathway of glory. The book of Exodus begins with Israel in their Egyptian bondage, it ends with Israel in liberty surrounding the dwelling place of Jehovah. To serve him in his sanctuary, priests and sacrifices of his appointment were required. The types and shadows presented by sanctuary, priests, and sacrifices, and by holy days, afford lessons concerning the past, and, by the immutable principles bound up in them, give instruction for the present. Shadow and type may disappear, but the eternal reality represented abides for all time, and thus it is that the reader of the books of Moses is ever drawn to them by an irresistible attraction. The last chapter contains suggestions upon the round of the religious year in Israel, and outlines the way in which God will fill this world with rest and joy. The somewhat disjointed character of the book may be partly attributed to the writer's inability to devote uninterrupted attention to its production, but no pains have been spared in obtaining reliable information as to the facts adduced. And in every such case the authority is given. The writer tenders his most sincere thanks to those friends who have so kindly read his proofs, and who have aided him by their suggestions and knowledge. Borrowing from the Sphinx its conception of wisdom united with strength waiting for the light of day, a friend suggested as the title for the book, Light from the Land of the Sphinx. After these appeared. A crew, who under names of old renown, Osiris, Isis, Horus, and their train, with monstrous shapes and sorceries abuse. Fanatic Egypt, and her priests, to seek. Their wandering gods disguised in brutish form. Rather than human. Nor did Israel, escape.
the infection, when their borrowed gold composed. The calf in Oreb, and the rebel king. Doubled that sin in Bethel and in Dan, likening his maker to the grazed ox, Jehovah, who, in one night, when he passed. From Egypt marching, equaled with one stroke. Both her firstborn and all her bleating gods.